The Great Swings of Giza is not actually a Sphinx. The word Sphinx was coined by the Greek 2000 years after the Great Sphinx was built. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. Today, I think we're focused. At least, I'm two thirds of Erasmus, so that's, there's that. And I am right. And I'm completely out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm young. So, have you been the last week? Red, you want to start? Um, I've been um, busy. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what I've done during the past week. My feeling is that I've been super busy, uh, but I don't recall doing something uh, interesting. Um, so uh, I've been uh, having headaches for four days now. Oh, uh, migraines? Or? Yeah, yeah, migraines. Really mm. bad, and and the kind of stuff that you can't focus on anything because it's it's always on your mind. It's you, it's always something that you have to um, try to keep under control. Um, anyway, probably the lack of sleep or uh, me being working for too long on a computer. Because I've spent the past few days uh, editing videos, um, so mm. yeah, that that's pretty much it. That's my week. Mm. <laughs> it's been short, but yeah, uh, uh, editing videos uh, that will be probably out um, just before this episode airs on Sunday or at the beginning or middle of next week. Uh, the first video will be my treasure trade gift. So I'm just waiting that my recipient uh, actually gets it to not spoil the surprise. Uh, and then I will be able to publish the video and the other videos will be the laser engraver slash cutter enclosure that I've, I've been working on and three other uh, later working project, the three way thing that I'm uh, also been working on last week. So that's it. I've, mm. I've been working on my computer a lot and doing a few small repairs on the car because uh, the um, uh, inspection is next week. So uh, the car has to be, to be ready. So yeah, that's, that's, that's been my week. Nothing fancy for cool. me. I, 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 when it comes to the treasure trade thing, I did something very evil because uh, the, 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 the Norwegian Postal Service, they have an app mm-hmm. that it sometimes is really good where it tells you that, oh, there's a package to you on its way. Mm-hmm. And of course, in this case, I saw who it's from and I sent them a message and just said, I see you. And I sent them the, <laughs> the picture of the package coming. I'm not going to say anything more because I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. Uh, but it's also the thing of, I think it's my treasure <laughs> trade. I think it's on its way. And, but delivery of postal in Norway, it's like, oh yeah, they might deliver things every other day. Oh. Uh, in, and not on weekends. So it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll just so sit here and wait. You're still waiting for it, right? <laughs> Yeah, and as the same as mine, it's still in transit. The uh, only thing I've seen yeah. is that it has left Norway, and it did that a week ago today. So yeah. it's like mine. Yeah. I've, I've checked this morning. Mine uh, arrived in in the country, in the other country uh, that I won't mention. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm impatient to to see it reach its destination and 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 see the reaction of the recipient. So yeah, yeah. What about you, Jan? What have you done this week? Um, so. Well, this week, starting with last week, was pretty awesome, actually. I started about, like, after our last podcast, I started, I think, three or four projects at the same time. 
Wow. Um, yes, and I was Mod- actually... Moderation, do you know the word? <laughs> yeah, f- fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually... Uh, well, I was able to do that because, Rasmus, you brought us onto Notion. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I did was organizing myself a little bit better using uh, the program Notion to just organize and I did a couple of templates for projects and uh, suddenly it became really easy and stuff that usually clutters up my mind. Um, I was able to just throw into the list and really go step by step. So that was absolutely fantastic and I made huge progress with it. Um, So that was that part of the week then where you had that little introduction to Notion that you gave us, which was a lot of fun. On um, Friday or Saturday, our Tomcat that we have, our one, um, started to behave a little bit strange. So basically took that to the vet on Monday and he had to put down immediately because nice. his organs were oh. failing. So everything That's... that happened after that is this week is pretty much a blur. So I never thought, well, I mean, I I love that little feller, but never thought like after 13 years, just like a standard visit to the vet would like cause that much grief. So I've been a little bit under the weather for for you, man. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you guys know, and you were kind enough to just postpone the recording a little bit because I was just a freaking mess the last couple of days. Um, st- that's why I said I'm completely out of focus. Like still, like, I can't even recall. I- I've been just basically functioning for the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you what exactly I did or, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit out of it, but should get better mm. soon. I hope. No, so yeah, that, that was my fantastic. We started absolutely fantastic. And I mean, I still got the notion list and, and but nothing has been done since basically Monday. So <laughs> yeah, just, just take some time to, to grieve correctly because I've, I've been living for, with a pet for 13 years, 14 years, uh, like you did and, and just losing it uh, from one day to the other to the next one. It's really hard. I mean, when, when you see your pet growing old, and and it's the end and you know it you have time to prepare yourself but in, in that kind of situation it's super hard yeah and it's i don't know like we're we're living on vacation on monday so on the one side my head says we should be thankful that it happened while we were still here um that yeah. we basically had the time to say goodbye even if it was only like a couple of minutes basically but <laughs> but yeah. um it's just like the hard just hurts like i would i would have not mind having him around for a few more years yeah but sure. he was mm-hmm. really old like the tomcat was just yeah it, it was an old cat but he was really i don't know like i wouldn't the like, healthy energetic till the end basically it really it happened basically friday it started monday we had to put him down so it was three days I mean, there's something to be said for it going quickly, though, instead of years of neglecting health and falling apart and, and all I of that. I try to keep telling that myself. Yeah, it still hurts. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, my, my my mom, my stepmom, and dad they uh, they had two they have two cats or they had two cats and they had one dog at the, uh, at the old farm. Mm-hmm. 
then of course they uh, Turwald decided to procreate and they got another dog um, but in between there uh, they lost one cat probably to an eagle oh oh I mean, it's the probable thing where the cat always roams in and out of the house, and then suddenly the cat never came back home. Yeah. And they know there are eagles about, so it's like, whatever could have happened, and that's two and a half years ago. Nah. Oh, cool. But sorry, not not to bring everyone down, but uh, no, I mean, an- and everybody who lost a pet, I think, knows what I'm talking about, and mm. Um, mm. yeah. We feel you, man. That's the point. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 gonna be good. It's just yeah, not not easy at the moment. What about you, Raz? Still killing mice? It's been really quiet for three weeks, mm-hmm. and then I got one today. Yeah. <laughs> I was laying in bed last night and reading, and I heard just this distinctive sound of a mouse trap going, mm-hmm. and then rattling, and then quiet. I was like. Oh, I got a bastard. One to go. One yeah, to exactly. go. You one know, to officially go. one to go for a glove. Uh, two gloves. For Very a pair of gloves, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... Um, uh, I, had, I had a class again this weekend it was. Uh, and then after that, Norway went to shit. What do you mean? It turns, turns out the pandemic is... Like the apocalypse came back. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, dancing, the dancing event I was supposed to go to tomorrow... Because uh, on Friday this weekend, uh, I like on on Monday I cancelled that myself and I uh, withdraw from the markets that's supposed to be this weekend uh, because it did mm-hmm. not seem like a good decision no, to go. No, it's the only sensible thing to do right now. The market is still actually on and it's still outside, wow. uh, but. To me, that just didn't feel like a good idea. Combined with the whole thing of standing outside in the cold and shivering, it doesn't seem like it's worth my time. And also, actually just telling them that, no, I won't be coming, was this huge stress reliever, because then suddenly I have an an extra day or two to actually finish off projects and products and get them out of the door before Christmas. Good. So it's like, I might have, like, skipped out on some money by not going to the market, but the stress relief is well worth it. And you open the door to another procrastination session? (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I have not spent all day in Notion just drawing things. I blame you, Jamie Reader. I blame you. Uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, Notion it's, or it's, Fusion? It's fusion, right? Fusion. I said oh, fusion. fusion. I, but, I mean, I spend every day in Notion as well because business. Okay. I have all, basically all of my business there at this point. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's... it's. I've, I've been doing this whole laser cutting thing in metal for a while. Uh, because some things are unnecessary to forge out because they're just long awkward shapes and just getting laser cut is so much easier and so quicker like and it allows me to do things i would never be able to do mm-hmm. like the roses would be really impractical and expensive to cut out by hand uh the lord's rings uh coat rack that i did last year is another thing that i never would have considered doing by hand because there's so much detail it will take me a week just to chisel and file it mm-hmm. properly mm-hmm. Or I could spend two hours sketching it out and sending it off to laser cutter. So it's the, the economy of scale there is a bit different. Um, but then, of course, I was also started going a bit further with all of that, and I got into like borrowing to design of fireball tools, welding squares, and all of that, redesigning them so they work with laser cut materials, getting t- cut out of ten mil plates, and then sticking them together and welding them, and suddenly having like fairly decent tools that are reasonably square to themselves that I can 
suddenly makes it way quicker to weld things together. Uh, which I like. It's nice to be able to do things quicker. Yeah. Uh, but today I, I've been playing around with specifically making a, like adjustable angle things for uh, angle jigs for welding. And so far I've only made like a dozen different variations and sizes <laughs> uh, of just a free flowing one where you just have a hinge bolt and then a slot that follows the angle on the other side in different sizes and configurations all that and then of, your, of course Jan comes in when I show him and want to be proud and he said oh you could just do that with pegs and you don't have to spend all the time and you have consistent angles and I said yes you fucker I can do that as well I was getting to it I just didn't remember it was a good idea at the time sorry uh, that's, so that's, that's the engineer me just going like yeah. no, no, this is and, nice and, but fucking a lot of work for something that's really yeah. flimsy in the end but to my defense to my defense i designed like these set of jigs specifically so that it would make it easier to weld together the large fire pits that i want to do more of because the large fire pits are basically like uh pub giant polygons flat sides welded together with repeatable angles but they are very unspecific angles it's like 32 and a third of a degree or something to repeat the patterns around it so it's really handy to have like a handful of these jigs and i'm even contemplating not even doing much in the way of using bolts to tighten them together but actually welding the jig in the position i need it just spot welding it because that will stick long enough and then i can yeah. grind that off when i need to adjust angle yeah. for another project yeah. um, um, if you want to do it before you spend a lot of money in getting like a prototype laser cut uh just send the stl i'll print it yeah or i can just cut it out of cardboard and have a look at it and feel for yeah, it, but play with it that's boring <laughs> Yo, you just want to play with your new technology. Yes. <laughs> what a cool segue. I felt that was pretty smooth. No, that's, that, that, was, that was good. That was, I had to cut it off. Last, last, last week we forgot to call out the segue, so I had to do it today. And, and that's what happens when we actually help Rasmus with his segue <laughs> instead of bombarding it and switching the topic like a that second before that. Sorry, I, I forgot. I did another really cool thing, which I posted you a picture of. On Monday, I went out and I got like 35 kilos of really pretty handle materials. Yeah, it is it mutant birch kind of thing. It's yeah. called Valbjörk in Norwegian, <laughs> and it's this, it's this kind of burly birch, but it's got a bark inclusions in it all across the wood. So it's a gene defect in this specific kind that a couple of people have been spending literally decades, half a century now, trying to breed to and get consistently because it's really valuable. Mm -hmm. Uh, and really, really close to where I grew up, there was someone who actually had a small plantations of these. But after 20 years, the, the, the trees weren't growing large enough to actually be worth much. So I was really lucky and I got a f quite a few boards. They were still a bit expensive, but now I have probably handles that will suit me for a hundred knives or something. Nice. nice. I saw Very the Insta cool. story and I really liked your idea of um, getting it wet to see the grain. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this German devil that keeps whispering ideas into my mind. So just handing you the shit. I was just like, oh, this is just me, like, making the wet so you can see the grave better. I'm like, oh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, you're the one coming up with all of this. 
Uh, now oh, you good. talk about your topic. I'm done. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> so Jan, you have an idea of a topic, right? The idea of the topic. Oh, it's the idea was about just new technology. Well, not. Yeah, let's let's go with new technology coming up that we're using in our projects. And um, especially of stuff that because we've all been at it and making stuff for some time now, how uh, stuff becomes a standard after a while. But it's like in the beginning when you're an early adapter, the, the whole fun of just dealing with that or like figuring it out. In my case, it's 3D printing. Rasmus, you talked about laser cutting. So, um, yeah. Uh, the whole thing coming from, I had a discussion with a buddy of mine a couple of days ago because uh, during Black Friday, we both bought new 3D printers. I bought an SLA, my first one, like resin printer, and he bought another, um, yeah, let's say regular one. Um, what's called FTL, I think. Like the yeah, one the with filament, the, the, filament, the filament printer. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we had discussions about it and he was just like absolutely amazed and how quiet the printer was. And then he could let it run and walk away from it without having to watch it all the time. <laughs> and I was just like, well, what, what about your old printer? And he was like, well, I mean, it's only seven years old, but it's been having issues from day one. And then mm. we looked at each other and started laughing because we remembered like, we were with the 3D printing scene, I wouldn't say early, early adopters, like we weren't the first one, but before it really got commercialized, they, they were all just sets you bought. There were no ready assembled ones. You just assembled them yourself and you had your heating element and you bought the controller from this company and the heating element from another one. and. So, Very much a DIY thing. Uh, oh, it was hugely DIY. Yeah, there was. You still had to browse all the um, websites to get the ideas and uh, basically ask in different groups and how they solve their problems. So uh, for now, these days, I mean, first of all, you're not having to spend hundreds and hundreds of euros or dollars for it. You just go out and you can buy. What is it like? A hundred euros for an FTL for an um, resin printer. I think there were sales now for one hundred and thirty euros, and you get something and you set it up and you do the automatic bed leveling, which is like something I never thought would ever happen. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Saves you about half an hour. <laughs> and, and that's every single time. Yes, exactly. And you, and you press just start, and the thing starts printing, and it prints. And it works mm. and you actually get a print without having to try like eight or nine prints to get the first one that's halfway decent. So yeah, that, that is a, that was just a lot of fun. And that was, we were reminiscing about, and now it's like a usual thing. Like now you throw stuff in fusion and you check it on your 3d printer. If it actually is the size and the shape you want it before you do it on basically send it out and get a laser cutter, stuff like that. So uh, that, that, that's a huge thing now. Yeah, so. I remember the same thing. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've been pretty um, late uh, buying a 3D printer and, and, and starting uh, having fun with it. Uh, I bought mine probably two or three years ago. Um, but it, it had reached that point um, where you can just plug it, uh, tweak some 
small stuff to check the settings basically and and it worked on the first try and and so that that was pretty cool not having to go to all the steps of assembling the machine yourself and trying so many stuff before uh, it actually works and i bought it for my for my laser work uh it was the intent at the beginning making stamps and and molds and stuff for my laser working um but uh it's so much fun that i i i made a lot of toys for my kid or stuff for myself mm. or just uh, uh yeah just small things just because it was fun to do so um there's the, also the aspect of technology being fun um to integrate not only in our work but also in our lives that i find interesting um and I, i'm again like almost every week in in between you two because um yeah i knew you it was 3d printing for you mm -hmm. as it was laser cutting for you and i'm i'm doing both for my laser work i just got this laser engraving cutting machine um i've used um one uh in my makerspace local makerspace a few years ago but it was like I don't know how it works. I have so I had I had to ask for help to just set it up and and use it. Uh, the people over there was very helpful. But now, um, as you said, Jan, it's also the the process of learning how it works that is also interesting. So, integrating new technology um, into our work or our life um, for fun or for work. Let's put it that way. Um, I think it's a whole process of uh, first being interested in the thing, then uh, buying the thing. So it's also you have to save money because it's getting uh, less and less expensive with time, but it, it's also an investment. Yeah, and it's always, or it used to be that you spend a lot of money to get something that is ready working out of the box, or mm -hmm. you buy something for cheap money and... Um, you have to do a lot of DIY to get it running. Yeah. Best yeah. example for like going back to laser cutting, what you said, you got the diode laser now, which is like ready out of the box working, yeah. uh, which is like the middle of the line. It used like, I have a K40 laser, like one of those Chinese ones with the cheap controller in it and a custom software. And it took a lot of time to get it running and working. And I'm still fighting with it, like with the mirror adjustment and everything. And I, used to work in the laser field so mm -hmm. for me someone that never worked with a laser before picking up one of those he's probably gonna hate his life trying to yeah. adjust one of those and get him to run if he's never done it before now five years later you got the benefits of youtube and people going through that and documenting it and showing the tips and tricks which is also a great thing uh go go but going back to the laser cutter on the other end of the spectrum you got like something like the glowforge I never had yeah. one, but they have basically a camera in it where you can lay a drawing in it. It's and it's not the laser is working exactly the same. You got that laser tube in there. You got the beam. You got the mirrors. All they do is basically a higher quality standard while manufacturing it, and the software and UI, which is just way more plug and play than the on the K forty laser. But probably doesn't let you or yeah leave you with a lot of freedom for it. But it's always like you just have to pick and choose. And now that it's not that early of an adoption anymore, those things come closer together. Now you can get cheaper lasers with a decent software. I mean, that's the same with any technology, sort of. Like the early adopt, you pay an extra price to be an early adopter where you get 
either you pay a lot to get a really powerful machine with all the bells and whistles exactly or you wait a couple of years maybe a decade and you can get the same mach- quality machine maybe even scaled down to so it's more handy for hobby work and you, it has all the same thing and it costs a fraction of the price yeah the problem is when you need technology now and you and you don't have the money to buy it, to buy it mm. because um i want i wanted a laser cutter so uh, or laser engraver but it's really expensive the one i, w- I was looking uh, at was the the glowforge uh but damn th- those machines are, are really expensive still yeah. and for it, it would it would be a good invest- investment for me for my work and but i'm not sure i would I would be able to make it worth it even in in one or two years. Uh, because but that, that you don't even need to because all of the machines have become so ubiquitous. You you could suddenly there's also, also all, the, all these companies where you can just send things off and get this laser cut for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Um, probably in in a lot of countries, but here, I mean, technology wise, France is ten years behind, probably. 20 years behind. Uh, a lot of makers on YouTube and French makers are very, very up to date and, and and working with their time. But when it comes for for to companies, you can't get the same services here that you can get in Norway, for example, for laser cutting um, <clears throat> steel plates. Okay, I mean, so, super hard to, uh, to find here. Yeah, that's that. I'm really lucky because I have got a really good connection with one company that's been really friendly. Mm-hmm. I reached out to multiple companies and I happened to get in touch with someone at one company that was really bored one summer and had nothing to do. <laughs> okay. So it, it's, it's more like you knew someone that can help you doing this stuff and, and, and establish a relationship. I didn't know him. I, I, I sent emails called to a lot of companies and I happened to reach one who was really friendly and I got a feeling he was really bored <laughs> that yeah. summer. So he had the time to help me and make me understand how he needs his file and talk me through what they can and cannot do. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, in a normal setting, uh, like when they have, when it, if you reach a company that has so many things to do, like mm. they are not interested in your customers. They're not interested in someone that's small yeah. as we are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That That's the problem that we have here because most of the p- people having the technology uh, to do exactly what I would need uh, are working with companies and, and and making thousands and thousands of parts every day. So they have no interest nor the time to work with a guy needing one or two of one sort of specific work. So it's, it, that's not good for them as a business. And that's something um, some people might argue with, but you said you wanted a Glowforge like for your business. Mm. I don't see like the Glowforge or the K40 as something that is a production machine. This is for, it is it is purely in the hobby space. Like you might be able to use it for stuff you're gonna sell, but mm-hmm. you like you don't want to put the working hours on something like that for mass production. Yeah, like they're not gonna hold up. There's no, yeah, the money is not worth it. May I ask what what is it that makes the Glowforge more of a hobbyist than a professional machine? What where more does like the difference lie? Prototype. Well, that depends on if you have something that makes like scale models for like buildings, like an architect, and he uses okay. that to cut out the wood or acrylic or stuff like that for that building. 
in that case, it's fine. If you have somebody that cuts out keychain holders out of them and sells them and uses a Glowforge, I do not want to put those kind of hours on a machine, like when it comes to power efficiency you and life expectancy of the laser and the axis and everything. If you do that on a constant basis, like the same products over and over, at that point, you might as well invest in a used industrial machine and not something like the Glowforge. That's, and, that was my thoughts, absolutely. I, I was looking at a Glowforge and then I thought if I'm mass producing stuff uh, yeah. or at least using the machine every single day for a few hours, mm -hmm. um, it, it, I, I should buy an industry industrial machine uh, like a trotec or something like that but yeah. when i yeah, Trotec took a, yeah. yeah trotec is so expensive it's it's like 15000 euros for for a machine so, sorry did i understand that the only difference really is that the glowforge then isn't built for the amount of hours you would normally put in I'm the machine saying it's to a use it in production product, setting? yeah but i don't think it's set up uh, they're talking just consumables then that they wear out quicker Uh, yeah, I mean, the laser, the laser die or not die, the, the, the laser tube that's inside the laser, there's a gas in it. And that gas gets used by the operating hours. Oh, so yeah, if you okay. have something so. running like 24-7, those tubes are not made. Like, they're way too expensive mm. to use them like this. Like, the, the cost efficiency is not there for the parts. Like, the, the person who's going to sell them is going to think just working hours electricity and says, oh, this is going to be great. After, like, if he runs that and he really sells a huge amount of them, after half a year, that laser tube is going to be shot. And then he's going to need a new one. And calculating that cost of that laser tube, yeah. which is one of the most expensive parts on the laser, towards the parts, like, this is a calculation a lot of people don't do. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that was a big thing. So that's like, oh, I'm gonna make gonna make big bucks with my laser, but they're not. They're actually just cutting away from the life expectancy of the laser. Uh, okay, yeah. Whereas the Trotec I was talking about uh, is the machine that they have at at my local makerspace. Uh, it's fifteen mm. thousand euros, right? Uh, to to buy it brand new, so you can work with it uh, a lot. Uh, mm. But um, it has it has to be checked every. 10,000 hours or something like that uh, because of uh, yeah the gas inside inside the tube yeah two two and a half to five thousand mm -hmm. yeah and um, last year a guy messed with the machine and did something wrong so it totally fried the laser so they had to change oh, that it that was fun uh, yeah and it's so the machine can't be used for at least one month uh, and it costs three thousand euros to make it work again mm -hmm. so when you consider the the cost of that if you do something wrong with the machine it's fifteen thousand euros plus three thousand euros for a new mm. laser uh, it has to be very very um good or worth it for your business to buy that kind of machine so i believe that if i had a, i was a big company with that kind of uh, money i would buy one and make it run all day every day in order to 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 be uh cost effective it's not that it's like a secret i mean if you see the commercials for glowforge or something like that you see people cutting out cool stuff but you still don't see them putting it in the middle of like an industrial area just like putting it yeah, down and just yeah. running sheets after sheets after sheets <laughs> to it. that's in just the not bedroom, what they, that's just not the what they're for. yes we, yeah. we're talking about uh prototyping we're talking about uh custom pieces Craft. This is where they, yes, exactly. So this is, for no sense at all, even like even a K40, I think is a fantastic piece of equipment. K40 has the 
benefit of if you don't need it too accurate because like the axis and everything are just not made for it like i'm talking about this typical red or blue k40 laser from china that the tubes and everything is fairly cheap so it's not as critical if you run through a tube because a replacement tube costs about 100 euros so you can calculate with it if you kind of know from experience how many hours you're gonna get out of the tube you can calculate it with any laser but still it's like the axes are way too slow to run like a mass production from it Mm. So for me, it's still like more like an early adopter or a custom build piece set for it. And the K40s are really small hobby machine. Is that what you're saying? The, the K40 is one you can get for like the, the standard K40 on eBay here in Germany. You can get for around 400 euros. Yeah. Okay. From, so from a European distributor center with the laser tube sent to you, and then you so, got. So that, that, that's that's a really really decent hobby machine then, but it's not. As we're, as we're talking production work it is the cheap no it's it's not a decent hobby machine it's like the cheapest laser you can get oh okay and you can sink about three times the money in it to actually make it really useful right but if you kind of know what you're doing like if you know the bare bones it's all about adjustment and usability mm. but it's definitely a DIY machine like you can build a new suction system for it you can build um like uh assist air for it that blows away the dust so you can get a cleaner cut mm. you can uh throw out the old mirrors and put new mirrors new lenses in it that are that um how do you say it they lose a little bit of less of the power over the way yeah, yeah. because it says it's a 40 watt laser like it starts at 40 watt it's actually not like if you would measure the laser power you'll probably end up with like 32 then you lose a lot over the mirror so like in the end you're probably gonna get 20 to 25 watts that's my guess oh my oh, estimate wow. okay no because people people have nothing to compare it to it's still good it will still cut wood it will still do oh. all the things you needed to do it's just like people go by those numbers and think if you have an industrial laser saying it puts out 40 watt this one will put out 40 watt the Chinese right. one, the K40 yeah. laser, no, <laughs> not gonna okay. happen. Yeah, because this this is like a whole other lev level uh, world for me. Yeah. I mean, I I just talk to a guy and I send him drawings in, in from Illustrator or mm -hmm. DVG files, and I just get steel back. The whole technicality of it is yes. unknown to me. But that even though I have had plans for a long, it is. It oh, is. That, that, even that, though a long time has planned to go over to their workshop and see what they're doing yeah, because but, they're making some really big shit. Exactly, but, but those guys gonna have like a six hundred, seven hundred thousand Masek, uh, seven hundred thousand yeah. euro Masek laser or a one million euro uh, Trump laser with like four to five kilowatts. Like those are metal industrial laser cutters and they just mm -hmm. put on the sheet metal with a loader and they just let it rip and that thing will just go through it. That's what they're made for just constantly. But they have certain types of gas bottles hooked up to it that feed it like constantly yeah. with gas. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing to watch that. I, I used yeah, to work I really in a laser to go there field. And see. Yeah. I really want to go there and see how everything plays together and just see the scale of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, because I know they are in the 100,000 euro company range. Mm -hmm. And like w whenever I ask to cut things, it's like, oh yeah, no, we'll, we'll take that on some scraps and offcuts next to all the other <laughs> proper jobs we do. Yeah. <laughs> I walked into a company when I worked for Trump. I worked into a company in... 
somewhere in the Midwest. And it was... And not the, not the president. No, no, the, the laser company. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying Trump, <laughs> not Trump, with an yeah, okay, F okay. in the end. <laughs> and um, I walked into that and basically I went into the first floor through the office and then a factory hall opened to me. And I mean, those lasers, I'm, I'm going to go metric. There are about three to uh, about three to four meters wide and six meters long. Ooh. In that factory hall, there were, I, I'm not shitting you, 80 of those lasers. Wow. Like Jesus. it was just like as far as the eye basically could see to the end of the hall. In the way, there were like, I think it was 10 lasers wide and then just eight rows back. There were those lasers with enough space in between it to just have a carriage system with like little trains that would transport the sheet metal. Wow. And there were automatic loaders and unloaders. This company wasn't producing a product. They were just cutting. Like that was a job shop. Just cutting SEL files for other companies, like in huge quantities. Wow. They, they, well, they had nothing else than just the lasers. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. And I've never seen that many lasers from my company in one factory hall. I was just like. This is freaking insane. That was in my mid twenties, and I've never like to this point, I've never seen a factory like this uh, again with that many lasers doing nothing else but just cutting for other people, just job shops, or yeah, jobs. But, uh, speaking of red, mm. uh, you still have a lot of things you want to get cut out or product ideas you want to realize, right? Yeah, a lot. So. I, 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 I'm really certain that someone in EDG UK or in Germany would be able and willing to cut things out for you. Uh, either within the maker yeah. community or someone in the community knows someone who works at a company that could do that. Well, if you guys know someone, uh, uh, send me an email, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I should, um, what I should do is, is really um, search for it and, and, and spend, um, spend a day or two uh, finding companies, sending emails just like we did. And, and maybe I would mm. be lucky enough to find someone that would be happy to help me um the main concern is when it comes to that um I, I i was thinking when when uh jan was talking about two things first uh um, it, it's amazing to me that we all share uh the three of us and and probably m a lot of m more people listening to us or in the maker community this um interest in factories of seeing machine work and and seeing how stuff are made and and mass produced or, or uh, and 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 it it leaves in us with the love of the craft and the handmade uh item as well so it, it's as fascinating to see one guy making one thing in his small workshop than it is to see thousands of pieces or parts made in big factories. I was I mean, lucky I enough. Mean, big tools are fun. Yeah, big tools are, are super fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's always better having than needing. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. Uh, I was super lucky a few years ago, probably four years ago, to go and visit um, the factory of my uh, father's best friend, 
uh, who's actually uh, called Pets, and he's making all the climbi- climbing gears that you uh, see all oh. over the world. Um, cool. So he, he originated uh, here, and and his father created the business. He helped him uh, growing the business, and now they have factories all over the world, and they are super uh, big. Uh, brand and um, so where they 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 the, the guy um, uh, invited me to visit the factory and w- what was very interesting to me was the fact that in half of the factory you had all these new machines like millions of euros were invested in the factory to have six axis machine and laser cutter and mm-hmm. and stuff that produce ropes uh like <laughs> several kilometers at the minute and they are very strong because it's for climbing and stuff and in the other part of the factory a lot of workers were still working with traditional tools and when i say traditional uh it it was considered as brand new technology a century ago or 15 years ago like metal lace the big uh bridge port machine and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that i would love to have uh, in the garage as well yep. but i i don't need uh mm. for anything i can still manage to do what i want to do in other ways but surely it would make my life easier and and it would be quicker to produce but it's for so, us from a creative point Yeah, like this absolutely. is why we would love, and this is why, for example, for a creative point in uh, Bridgeport would be f- completely enough. But then you have the same amount. It's like um, looking at somebody like Jaco. I think yeah. it's a good example. He went out and he bought industrial machines because what he what he started with in the beginning was not scalable anymore for that amount mm. of production. So yeah. he needed that, and his benefit now is because he has those like the maker knife and stuff like the, the the kinetic driver and what he's making but he also has those machines available to do prototyping on them yeah so mm-hmm. he just it's, it's all about the scalability of like the things but Jaco is in a league of his own though he is a special yeah, beast yeah. but he yeah. grew, but he <laughs> yeah, grew into right. it because of this oh yeah yeah but it, like uh, I would say he was excessively bold in the way he did a went about it not not stupidly he had a great purpose he went from it from a businessman perspective yeah yeah but it, it, looking at it from as a maker perspective it's insane but knowing that he had this big plan of scaling and working it as a business and doing and product like development in it yeah serious mm-hmm. big scale production stuff it's a whole other different lens to view the world and with that it makes really sense but it still feels really bold and scary to me but again yeah. that's it's a different world than what i operate in yeah. scary scary is a good word i mean he, he even j- just imagine for a minute I, I, that i would like to create my own brand of laser stuff laser goods or laser mm-hmm. tools um just having the idea of buying or renting a warehouse machines hiring people to just produce what i want to produce as he did uh, mm. it's not only the investment of money but uh, and time and effort but the responsibility that you have because you are hiring people and and scaling it up uh that much is is absolutely scaring uh to me yeah. right now maybe i would change my mind in in five or ten years but um i admire jacko for 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 those reasons among others that having the 
cojones to do it. And there's many people like Jacko. I think it's just with Jacko because he's also a YouTuber. And I wouldn't yeah, put him because as a we YouTuber know him. who yeah. became in production because mm. I think he always was like a businessman when it comes to that. Yeah. But he documented it on YouTube. So, but stuff like this is, I've seen it a lot with like people here in Germany that just had an idea for a product that were playing around with stuff. Like they were makers without the YouTube, mm. without the Instagram, just for themselves. And mm. I know a lot of people that are just makers that do stuff for themselves or to think around if that would be a business idea. And yeah. when they figure out it is a business idea, then they start using that new technology and they look how they can upscale it. And of course, maybe sometimes they're not buying the newest machines for 20,000, 30,000. They wait if there's a company going out of business or if there's a company buying new machines, getting the old one, but yeah. on an industrial grade, using that one to up their production with it. And mm. so like watching Jaco doing that, in his videos, I was watching those and I just saw like another, because I worked in the industrial field for so long and I was just like, everybody's saying it's like, oh, this is a maker going big. It's like, no, this is a businessman and he's building up his production mm. line. Yeah, I've seen it hundreds of times in my jobs, like going in there and I'm seeing the old machines like in the 70s and 80s that are still running absolutely fine for smaller production. And also then building up on that to get newer machines. Yeah. I think he had a plan from the beginning. He, he, he knew where he was going and, and that, that the transition that we've seen on YouTube from him making models and or tinkering in, in a small shop, then mm -hmm. buying a big warehouse and setting his production line was like, wow, that's 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 became becoming huge. But yeah, I think he was He knew mm -hmm. what he was doing and and that was also great yeah. to see because very interesting to us to see how it's done and and how it, it you can become successful when you have just the right idea of something to produce and how to produce it true um, yeah um, but like he was able to do that because it was very much aligned with his vision of what mm -hmm. he wanted to do yeah mm -hmm. uh for me i mean it would be fun to have all of those big toys mm. but my vision isn't to use them the way he's been using his machines Yeah. I don't want to be based upon laser cutting as my main source of income. Oh, I no. wanted to have as a side thing to do something fun that no one else has the madness to do, like mm. like breaking licenses and making things that uh, is copyright infringement. Borderline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Basically waking up in the middle of the night, having an idea, throwing it out in fusion, just walking out and just cutting it out in like mild steel. Yeah, I mean, uh, but it, it's... It, Yes or no, it's it's just to the point of I want to stick to doing blacksmithing. I'm much more interested in getting a machine park of uh, presses and forging hammers than I am of getting laser cutters. Yeah. But even then, I, I'm still contemplating deeply if I actually want to be a business so big that I need to employ more than two, three people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like to get there because it would be nice to have something that is big enough to be a resource for other people yeah and have to to spare time myself to be a resource for other people well if you if you, i don't want to be stuck in production that's the thing don't just putting it down on the laser cutting is basically mm. if you have a certain product that you need to have laser cut you have your stl files or your um dxf files 
step or DXF, I should say, and you can give that to the company or they should be on record already so they can recut it and it should yeah. get cheaper than, than having a new part every single time that they have to mm. figure out and nest and cut out. Y- yes, so yes. That, that shouldn't be a problem when it comes. But if it comes to like playing around with technology like that, like finding somebody with like a five axis laser, uh, five axis uh, CNC or laser, it's the same as with boats. You don't buy a boat. Oh, yeah, you get yeah, yourself yeah, but- a friend that owns a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so that, right. That, that was where I was going with it. Uh, also, I just sort of forgot my point is that uh, the responsibilities of buying those machines because, well, First off, you're out a whole bunch of money outright to get a hold of it. Then there's maintenance cost. And then there's the cost of figuring how to use it properly. And then it is that you have to use it properly because if not, it doesn't make money for you and you are out all of those expenses. And then if you already have your, your hours of the week filled, you need to employ someone and you're responsible for that other person. So it's it's a sort of this cascading uh, wheel of responsibilities that escalates on itself. Yeah. If you want to go into the road of buying your own machine, but the freedom to me of just having an idea, sending it off and having someone else deal with all of the rest. And I just scale the final product price, price depending on the material cost of getting it cut. I don't yeah, have exactly. to worry about anything except for getting an idea, checking the prototype, and then making more of them. Plus, being honest, like you probably calculated the prices for like the roses and like if you get the petals and everything laser cut, you probably had like 10 or 13, 15 in the, made in the beginning and you scaled your price by that. And if you get 100 of them because you know they're selling now, you're not going to adjust your price down. <laughs> also, I'm making them in half the time now than what I did for the first 10. Yeah, but the customer doesn't need to know that. Yeah, yeah, but that, like, there's the multiple factors that counts in for ma- me making a lot of money sticking to a certain sp- type of product, and as you're saying, ordering a bunch of them at a the time. Oh, never touch a running system, like, or yeah, that's... yeah, yeah, or don't don't change a winning theme. Thank you. Yeah, that was the, the <laughs> to stick with American metaphors. Um, yeah, my, I I had the second point earlier. I, I, I just remembered it. Um, there is this um, will or um, fantasy in us that uh, would be just um, to buy the biggest machine to have fun with it because technology is fun so we could make something that is very close or exactly what we have uh, imagined for our project or for the product that we want to sell mm-hmm. so this this fantasy of having all the tools and all the technology is 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 fine by me and as you said rest it can be also very useful to Ask someone to do it for you because you don't want to invest the time, the money uh, to buy the machine, learn how to uh, work it, um, use it, and and everything. Uh, there is also also the 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 fun of just using the technology uh, because because lasers are cool, because big oh, machines yeah. are cool, because three D printing is is new, relatively new, and, and, don't, and yeah, very. Exactly. Don't get me started on resin printer. Like that is the first time I felt like in Star Trek. No, you can buy models now, pre-supported. Yeah, that, yeah. That means you pay them, you download the model that someone created half us over the world and without putting in any 
additional settings. You throw them into your printer and you print them. That was the first time I felt like I'm in freaking Star Trek with a replicator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, saying, don't eat the I resin, though. that one. Exactly. Just, 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 just don't eat the resin. <laughs> <laughs> True that. But the, the, my last point was um, that um, it, it's all new to us. I mean, mm -hmm. it's relatively new 3D printing and laser cutting, laser engraving, all that kind of stuff. It's like it, it just appeared in the past 20 years or 50 years at best for the laser cutter and, and stuff. It was very specific and industrial technology. And now it's coming to us and it's coming into uh, people's uh, house or maker's house in a different scale, of course. But technology... I mean, it's 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 a hard way. It's difficult to define technology because at some point uh, in history, I believe that just a hammer was technology for someone who had never mm -hmm. seen a hammer. If you were using a stick and a rock, putting both together with a string and making a hammer was like super new and very useful. And and maybe I'm just. Uh, saying stupid things right now but um, every big progress in technology was um, uh, was useful and and at first for industry and then came to people's houses like um, the the machine that you use to make fabric um, it it was like the loom the loom thank you it was um, invented by a French guy yay but it was only for yeah. uh, industry at the beginning <laughs> 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 at the beginning and then everybody not everybody but a lot of people had that in their houses um yeah what, what I, I i i don't i'm not sure where i'm going with that but um the fact that uh technology is useful is one thing the fact that we have fun using it because it's new and we want to learn we want to improve we want to grow and yes. or we just want to integrate them in our business is also fun um but uh, as i said earlier the the fun the fact of doing everything by hand um, is also super fun and very interesting to us. I was There's always two sides to it. Absolutely. Yeah, but where is the uh, the line? Is there any line? Because whatever um, whatever makes fun, whatever yeah, you want to do. The more the more technical advanced we get, and the more we have access to it, the more valuable will be working with old tools. There's a reason for it that you have the old tool restoration guys, that you have the people working with hand planes, like the woodworkers working on it. The blacksmith that doesn't use a power hammer, but just using hammer and forge. Like this, uh, the, yeah, this is, but this is something because we, we have the, cho the choice now. The, uh, the other thing about it is though, if you look at it from a technology standpoint about it, it's like lasers been around for some time. 3D printer have been around for some time, not as long though, but it was industrial use. We now live in a time and age where people are not working as hard with their hands at least in our Western states anymore than they used to. So for now, people, it's like the right to repair. People are using it like me. I'm like the best example for it. For me, it's a hobby. For me, it's something to break away from my sales job to work with my hands. So suddenly there is a market for it because there needs to be a market for companies to say, okay, the technology is getting to a point where it gets cheap enough to do it for a household appliance or for a hobbyist to do it. 
or else there would have never been like a K40 laser. That thing was not developed for mass production or for, for um, industrial uses. That was for the hobbyist. And now we're getting more and more of that. I cannot wait because I am 100% sure that at maybe five years from now, we're going to see the first metal center printers, 3D printers. They already exist, but they're hundreds of thousands of euros at the yeah, moment. Yeah, for industry. Uh, and I think they're going to go into the level of three, four, maybe 5,000 euros. We're going to have those lasers within the next five years, like where it's actually feasible to for a hobbyist to get yeah, one of those. I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, and just to say, um, in the Netherlands, I believe they have 3D printed a steel bridge mm-hmm. on spot. Whoa. Uh Adam Savage got his Iron Man armor 3D printed out of titanium. Yep. Using powered powdered titanium and lasers to melt it in place. And there's a rocket company. Oh it yeah. It might be Blue Origin that 3D prints rocket fuselages, mm-hmm. accounting for the warping of the material due to heat and cooling while 3D printing. It's basically just running weld beads. I've I've seen them, yeah. So they that's mind-boggling. I mean, it's all math, so it's you can figure yeah. it out. But it's they are printing something that is not perfectly circular, so that as it cools after being welded in place, it will warp itself into straight. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's crazy. That's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's crazy. But it's, that's we're so still fun. talking about industrial applications with way too high yeah, prices. Yeah, by all means. But it's gonna reach consumer. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's hopefully. Yeah. As everything I mean, does. Of course, it will at some point because it will be get the more you produce that kind of machine, the less expensive it gets, and more people are uh, aware that just it exists and that they want to integrate them in their work, in their house, and all that kind of stuff. We've been pretty focused on like the lace and the printing scene. I wonder how many listeners are gonna just yell at us and they're like, "Yeah, but you didn't talk about this or the other part," or like I don't know how many parts there are. Like, do you think of, uh, like plotters, like the the vinyl plotters? like the cutout yeah like yeah. the printers took uh, to cut out stuff like that like i i think that was years ago only for industrial uses also um, i mean all, all of the things that uses uh axes and like cnc controllers no matter true. what you have at the end of it all of those technologies has improved to the extent that there's sewing someone, machines i think there's someone who's making basically a 3d uh, cnc machine for making art in pancakes sorry what there, I, i've seen someone i don't recall where or how or when but there's someone who basically made himself a 3d printer yeah. except it only extrudes pancake, pancake batter. batter and because so the, so the, the way the fun thing about pancakes is that or pancake batter is that the color changes yeah depending on how long it's been on uh the plate mm-hmm. and not necessarily so much about how well done and cooked it is Okay. The, ignoring actually also how burned it is because it doesn't get burned. It just stays more well cooked, so to speak. It's, it's a nuance to it. But it means that someone has figured out that, oh, I can just take a picture and I can just choose, draw these lines in these successions and it will 3D print, so to speak. It will print out a pancake with a custom logo or something in it. That's nice. I, I, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I saw a guy stripping a welder to a 3D printer. 
and doing a, a metal 3D printer with it. It was a uh, freaking disaster because of the heat and everything, yeah. but uh, the, the, the idea was fun. And, and um, oh, I forgot his name. The fellow I spiff, uh, focused on a couple <laughs> well, of weeks back. Well saved. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, uh, he, he had um, the, 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 uh, oh, the engine, the electric engine motor thing, spinning bits. He has mm-hmm. been working on a robotic arm with a plasma cutter on the end so that he can cut out shapes around square tubing to make it notch into each other in interesting ways. Nice. Now he's been failing at that for many months now, but <laughs> he fails in more and more interesting ways. So it's really fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll, it's silly that I don't remember his name, but I'll hopefully find a link for it. What's the what's the 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 what's your take on this? Uh, um, you know, idea that that was uh, circulating in the makers community one or two years ago about. Uh, CNC is not woodworking, all that kind of stuff. Is is there any justification to that sort for you guys? Uh, I would say that the use of CNC is not classical woodworking. I would say the term classical woodworking uh, doesn't even have to be completely James Wright and only using hand tools and no electricity. I would say it's Mm. a couple of steps into using electrical Mm. tools, but it's way short of using a CNC. I would still say you work with wood if you use a CNC machine, but it depends on the matter you're using it. If you're just using it to cut out cutting boards, you're not a woodworker, I would say. If you cut out different shapes and stick them together to make furniture, yeah, you're at least close to being a real woodworker. If, mm. if there's more wood than other materials, it's woodworking. <laughs> no, it's just like really like I'm, what, whatever makes fun. Like, don't get yourself limited I, I, or like I don't be want afraid f- of that. You, it's not woodworking if you use it that way. I mean, that's that's. I don't know. I, I think it's it's plain stupid to discuss about it. It's like about yeah. it's just like the whole the making perspective. Like, is it a maker or is it just like gluing stuff together? No, it's just like as soon as you do something and you use wood for it, it's it's woodworking. I mean, it's them. You can differentiate if you want to. Yeah. Like if it's for furniture making, it's making for trances. But wh- why? Mm-hmm. If somebody takes a chisel and cuts some a piece out of a chisel, or somebody sits down and has to work in Fusion to do a 3D rendering and also get the dimensions right and set the placement, because he can't eyeball it. Like, he has to do everything right within the program. Mm. In my eyes, that is mm-hmm. just as challenging as doing a straight cut on a freaking bandsaw or something else. Because oh, yeah. there's a lot of thought that has to go into it from the design wise. So I'm not going to put the one yeah. under or over it. It's just personal preferences. But for yeah, me, something I, that comes CNC out of, if something has a special idea and does something with it, for me, that's the same kind of woodworking than somebody taking a chisel. I mean, uh, I would I would say that uh, you're no, no matter, like, there are different tiers of being a craftsman or an artist. You can be a better and worse in that scale. And you could be on a completely different scale is whether you're closer to being mm-hmm. a CNC operator or a woodworker or a fabricator or a welder or a blacksmith. Like, it's, it's different scales. 
But you're not you're not just in CNC you're just not a CNC operator. You're also yeah, a freaking but, but, and you, yeah, but, uh, like ignoring and, that. You get my point. Like there's like you're there's the skill stuff. part of it, and then there's the, the trade you're doing on the other side, or on the other line of the graph, so to speak. Is th does that convey it in so to some respect? But you still need to know what kind of wood were you using. Yeah, like but you that, basically, I would like say that's where the craft and skill comes in. Like and then it's what you're actually doing the on the other line. Like, I mean, uh, take the knife making thing. So, like, I forge I my know. knives, but someone who only does stock removal, if they mm -hmm. know the heat treatment, they can make a knife that is exactly as, or exactly as good or better than what I do, despite the process being way different. The manner that they complete the knife by gluing onto handle and grinding and shaping it and making the, the sheet for it, like all of that is knife making, but it's different ways and different ways. There's mm. different techniques to doing all of these things, but the craftsmanship mm. needed is still a lot. It's just a technique you're using that defines whether you're a maker or forger, so to speak. Exactly, but the customer or the recipient will decide what they prefer. It's still yeah, knife making. Now, now we're just going down into pedantics. That's that. Should we go on to the focus thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna explain why okay, I asked yeah. the question yeah, that, that, first. I would, I would like yeah, it was not just to revive the this, <laughs> this fight between you two or, or many other people, but um, I, I I was thinking that that technology is just a point of view. It's just a new technique that has been. Um, uh, uh, new at some point and then uh, more and more uh, used by uh, more and more people and, and it became something that was completely part of the craft or completely part of the uh, the making process uh, like the the uncracked uh, wood lathe was the norm at some point and then the electrical lathe Came, came up and, and everybody switched to it because it was just easier. It was for doing exact same thing. The exact end, the pro end product was the exact same thing, but the process was different. So um, in my humble opinion, technology is, is just another way to reach your goal and produce what you want to produce. The idea doesn't change. It's just the way you produce it that changes and technology is another way to 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 get it right mm -hmm. just like in cnc jan was right if you don't know the hood if you don't know the wood uh, there is a knot in it it's it's not going to be fine and and you, whereas you're right as well because the 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 skills that you that you have for uh, uh, programming the cnc and the knowledge that you have to to place the wood and to uh, finish it for example uh, will also help so it's just it's i don't want to say the word balance again because it's so used these days and especially by me here uh, but it it's uh, it's an equilibrium maybe <laughs> uh, between between the idea that you have and the process the the end result that you want i'm i'm thinking now about carol that he, she's doing unique pieces all the time and and she's doing all by hand because there's no real technology that could help us doing what she's doing but when someone is mass producing stuff like i have the ambition of doing at some point, technology will definitely save me a lot of time and 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 help me produce to produce more. Um, so yeah, just a, just an idea that technology is just fun and lasers are 
Cool. It's just a tool anyway, no matter what it is. It's just a tool, absolutely. And a just hammer, a tool. but that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lads. So what's what's your focus this week? Dan, you want to go for it? I sh- oh, should I start? Okay. Yeah. Um, because we started out with the whole pandemic thing in new markets, um, I'm actually walk, uh, watching Abroad in Japan. And I'm really happy about him releasing so many episodes at the moment because he was supposed to go home visit his family, but from Japan, like he lives in Japan, but those plans got canceled because Corona. Mm, Uh, So he's already a pretty sarcastic and British bitter YouTuber. That's the persona he conveys. So watching him having his vacation goals being ruined, he decided to just throw out a short episode every other day. It's like the the Chris days of Christmas or how he called it or or Christmas. Yeah, like like Christmas, like Chris Broad. Uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious because he's kind of bitter and he's just like collecting fun facts over his YouTube career, like the eight years he've been doing it. And he has a couple million subscribers. So that was pretty entertainment. So that, that's gonna be my focus for this week because just watching him like every other week coming out with like that bitterness, <laughs> throwing out another, you basically see him in the intro sitting there drinking a beer with his hoodie. <laughs> just thrown over, <laughs> just drinking a beer, being bitter about the whole situation. No, it's a, he has the British humor, so it's it's fun. Go watch that. Cool. Also, I'm gonna throw a second one in. Rasmus, you bastard! <laughs> you released a video and you didn't even talk about it today. I was going to at the end. Uh, yeah, because, like because I forgot at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also finished a knife for my niece. Finally. That I'm sort of nice. happy with. Even is, getting is that to the one you in. were talking about like a year ago? No, no, it was in August. Exactly. So it, it, it's, it's if I may hijack slightly, uh, it's a sort of common thing in Norway to give mm-hmm. uh, babies knives in Norway. So she had her christening in August, which means that now you're suddenly a a person in according to the church books you you try and get you trying to get away from that whole video thing yes also let, let, uh, let me just let me just okay. finish what i wanted to say <laughs> no, about I, it. I just want to say it's uh, it's a weird norwegian thing to give baby snipes in norway and i'm keeping up with that and i finished a knife and i'm really happy with it moving on nice great <laughs> i watched the video i it was nothing what i expected I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It gave a great look and like the person who you are and also all the fun facts and everything. And it should be a freaking documentary. And next time (laughs) you should get it in 16 to 9 even with the cell phone and not like the upward version. But still like the mix, like it was really, really nice. Those, how long was it? 40 minutes? 45 minutes? 25 only I mean, 20? it felt like it probably felt like no, apparently. no, 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 <laughs> because it went by like in a, it, it, it went by in a blink. Like I watched it and I was just like, oh, it's already over. And I'm like, oh, hold, oh, that was <laughs> that was pretty long. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was 25, but it felt like really great. Like I, I love watching it. Um, it. It was fun, like seeing your family in it too. So like people that need need a little bit more background just yeah. like uh going up like the typical explanation from it yeah no it, it, i really liked it. it was great do you, do you want to say what that video actually is about because i don't no. think you mentioned 
no okay fair enough uh <laughs> but if, if i might sort of defend myself against all of the uh, the nice words or something uh I I, it, I I mean, it was early September, first weekend of September, and it's taken me till now, or last week, to actually figure out, just having it in the back of my mind, just thinking about it, and then sitting down and then being just able to put it together in the way I thought would work. But it's really weird, at least to me, to take like the Instagram stories and like cut into all of the scenery things that I filmed and all the normal things I film, And also... I was really limited when I filmed it because I was stupid and only brought one battery with me and it ran out 10 seconds after I filmed the last clip. So I was going close to the wire all the way through, but that might have helped because I didn't, I wasn't able to film more than the absolute minimum of telling some kind of a story. And yeah, um, I was happy with it, but I'm, I'm really glad you liked it because like, Whatever yeah. going on in my mind doesn't always translate to reality. You, your family realizing that they're like the second they realized they were on video, their reaction was like the most European thing ever. And I <laughs> love every freaking second of it. Oh, my, my mom is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we're on video. <laughs> yeah. People go watch it. Like, it, 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 it was it. Yep, not gonna say anymore. It was yeah. really good. Uh, it's it's hiking. It's fun facts. It's my family. It's Norwegian nature. It's mountains and fjords. Um, oh, and the music choice was fantastic. On equal stuff, then. Yep. Yes, yes. Except okay. Rasmus is in the picture once in a while. I try to hide, <laughs> but it doesn't always work. My ego gets in the way. Okay, Red. So, how about you? Exactly. Um, yeah, my focus this week is on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, an account called Orland Hyde, uh, H-O-W-L-A-N-D-H-I-D-E. Uh, it's uh, leatherworking. They are making great and cool stuff. I like this style and they opened not that long ago a new shop somewhere in the world. Um, the the guy is if the guys uh, are are making really cool bags and and working their butt off, making uh, funny Instagram stories or reels. Um, yeah, I just I just like them uh, the way they work, the, the the spirit and the products are are just cool. So um, check their account, Howl and Hide. That's how you should pronounce it. Howl um, like the so bird. It, Howl and hide. Oh, to howl like a wolf kind of thing? Yeah, probably. Then I'll see if I can find it. Howl and yeah. hide, that's a thing. Yeah, Ooh. check the account and if you like it, um, follow and like and Ooh. support. Yeah, that's kind of cool stuff. stuff. Yeah, that's cool stuff. What about you, Rash? Uh... So just because you mentioned those guys, I want to shoot in and tell you about Arendal Leather Company. Mm-hmm. Not really inspired from Frozen. This is the town Frozen is inspired from. Not mm-hmm. Arendale, but Arendal. Mm-hmm. Leather Company. Uh, they, they start, it's uh, one of the lads that got the Norwegian maker podcast, Brunch and Hontwerk. And Brunch or Hontwerk, not with an American and in the middle, Brunch or Hontwerk. Mm-hmm. Um, they started up a new company, leatherworking company, in the southern town of Arndal, just a week ago or something. 
Okay. Uh, fresh guys doing a lot of cool stuff. They are really worth checking out. But my spiff cool. is actually more of the vlogging side and just relaxing. I'm going to electrocute you so bad. <laughs> you, you said spiff. Fuck. I didn't even notice. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, my, my focus then fine uh, <laughs> I mean I, 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 honestly I didn't even realize what I was saying uh, which is usually like most, most of the time, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you don't Just. have to agree with me all the time Dread. come on uh, no, I had but, to say it uh, there's two channels there's uh, Sailing Uma which is uh, uh, a couple who's traveling the world in a sailboat they mm-hmm. have spent nearly all of this year sailing in Norway and they're currently up at Svalbard. So they had traveled like from the Caribbean and then all as far north as north goes and like visiting abandoned Russian coal mining towns. They have spotted polar bears. Nice. They they, they do a lot of interesting things and it's they have some really, really unique talents, especially the girl has some really, really fantastic talents that she shows off at fantastic locations. And it, I don't want to say more than that, because just the scenery of discovering how and what it is, is fantastic. Is that what you Yeah, Sailing mm-hmm. Uma. And it's it's one of those like really nice, really relaxing, really just enjoyable slow TV kind of stuff. In the same way, I've been really enjoying the, the Cottage Fairy, who does a lot of the same thing, lives out northwest in the US, uh, really just down to earth, relaxing, talkative, escapism, really nice sort of to break up all of the American maker things on YouTube. I didn't know you were into those sailing videos too. I, I see of culture as well. I've been following Sail Life for many years, which oh, is really uh, interesting. Uh, the the Danish guy. Um, yeah, I, I've heard about them. I've only actually been following Sailing Uma. I mean, mm-hmm. a couple of others have been recommended to me, but it's the sense of I I, I don't, I'm not that deeply interested in it. I don't dream about sailing the world. No, but Sail Life, it's more of a thing of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I strongly recommend Sail Life. That's going to blow your okay. mind. Because okay. that guy's been restoring a sailboat for like, he started with restoring the first sailboat and during the second one, he went full-time back as a liverboard. And he, it, it's really cool to say because like he is really the, the kind of maker. He basically tore that whole boat apart and rebuilt it from the ground up. Yeah. Uh, I watched one of his videos, enjoyed it. And completely forgot to subscribe. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, like he's, he's a great guy. And they just started sailing now. Like they finished, well, not finished, finished the boat, but enough to start sailing like a month ago, probably. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. So. Uh, well, I, I, I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you did my thing of saying I had a video out. Oh, but I have another thing. Uh, when the day this episode comes out on Sunday... I will be on Maker's Waffles. Oh, nice. With Jamie, uh, Jamie Reader and Andy Pugh. The uh, D, Jamie? The one and only? The, the wizard? The wizard. Oh. Yes. Cool. The wizard and the teacher. I think that's, the, I think yeah. that's their band name. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there will probably be lots of insults 
going around. <laughs> we'll probably talk about nonsense for most of the time. Hopefully it'll be a good show, but we'll see. If, it will if be you the wizard, the, the wizard, hmm? the teacher, and the blacksmith. I was thinking, I was thinking you were going for the fool, but I like blacksmith better. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it could be a movie title. I would, I would watch that. <laughs> I, that sounds like it would be the, the the bad spin-off of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, but it would be <laughs> the so wizard, fun. the teacher, and the blacksmith. <laughs> oh, guys, and you know I would what? Still watch that. To, 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 to throw in the, the last thing, like for you, make a travel. If the next recording will actually happen there will be an, another backdrop again oh because changing scenery like yes. magic well you already said you're going on vacation so i guess it's spoil it in that sense exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> i see palm trees nice. in my near future <laughs> yeah i, you I have that for you yeah yeah that would be a nice change okay anyway Yep. Good. You can find us. <laughs> yeah, I, I was almost saying thank you for listening and goodbye. But yeah, no, you, <laughs> if you want to see more of what we do, you can find us collectively at Two Thirds Focused on all of the social things, and you can find me at Rasmus Lewin and Lewinsme.no. And you can find me at Redsmith or The Redsmith everywhere and TheRedsmith.com. And you can find me at nerdinventor.com or just nerdinventor or Insta on Insta and also YouTube. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.